You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, happy Father's Day, fathers. If you have your Bibles, open to Psalm 86 and the NIV. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have your Bible. It's a prayer of David. Hear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am devoted to you. You are my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, O Lord, listen to my cry for mercy. In the day of my trouble, I will call to you for you will answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, O Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. For I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths of the grave. The arrogant are attacking me, O God. A band of ruthless men seeks my life. Men without regard for you. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Grant your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Let's pray. We welcome you, Holy Spirit to bring the full revelation and message of Father's heart and Jesus to us today. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive and understand, and a courage and a grace to follow in obedience. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the triumph of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love his kingdom. I love the kingdom of God. I believe that there's more to be released of his kingdom and of intimacy with him than what we've experienced so far. And I believe it's intended for us today. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hmm. I long to know the reality of that. I've been asking him, Lord, I would like to go to heaven so I can see heaven and bring it back and know exactly what you mean when you said on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, you promised that your reign will be without question and that your glory would cover the entire earth. You would fill your creation with your glory. And because of that, Lord, we believe you. We believe that you have power to save, to heal and to deliver because you are the savior, the healer, and the deliverer. You know, in the vineyard, we've been trusted with the message of the kingdom. 
We understand the kingdom. We understand that the kingdom has begun with the advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. We understand that it will be fulfilled completely at his return. And in this in-between time, we, we call it the, the already and the not yet, where our present reality, we begin to appropriate the future reality into the present. But sometimes what we long for doesn't happen. And sometimes it does. And it's a mystery. It, it's one of those things that we can't quite understand. Man tries to come up with all the theologies that we can to explain it, but sometimes we pray and someone gets healed. Sometimes we pray and there appears to be no healing taking place. But in between that mystery is what I want to look at today. We understand that our faith continues even when our understanding uh, falters, when we cannot connect the dots. We have the questions of why, Lord? How long, Lord? How can this happen to me, Lord? Well, we understand it when we do something stupid. We do something dumb. We kind of understand that you, you reap what you sow. We, we understand that there's a, a cause and effect. And when we, when we do something like, but then there's those times in life when it's nothing about what you've done, but it's about a storm that just comes over you and comes upon you without anything that you've done to welcome it, in any sense that you deserve it. It's something that just happens. And it's in those seasons that we have an opportunity, I believe, to increase our intimacy in our understanding of the Lord's goodness and his person and his nature. We're all continuing to grow in our relationship with God. And so wherever you are today, we just welcome you and, and bless where you are and say, don't get stuck there. There's more, there's more. We gotta continue to grow and to heal. So I wanna talk to you about one of the things that I see that in the, in the midst of understanding the triumph of Jesus and yet still the suffering and the pain and the injustices that we find upon the earth, what do we do in that time to keep ourselves rooted and grounded in him? So I wanna introduce uh, again, the lament, how to walk with God. I believe it will help us, one, to be honest where we are. You know, for, for those that are in the kind of religious environments where you're not allowed to tell the truth of how you're doing. You know, how's it going, brother? Oh, I am in victory with Jesus. Hallelujah. And my heart is devastated. I lost my job. I, I'm afraid of what the, the test results are going to come on my, my MRI, and, and we don't have this. I think lament will help us to be authentic where we are, where we, when we are in that spot, so that we can be totally honest. It will help us to understand how sorrow is supposed to have its rightful place in our life. Paul writes that there is a sorrow unto death, but there is a sorrow, a godly sorrow that leads to life. And Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. So we know that trouble should not be a mystery to us. Jesus is asleep in the boat, up in the bow, and, and the storm comes, and all the experienced fishermen are thinking that they're all going to drown, and Jesus is sound asleep. And then he gets awoke. He gets awakened and, and he comes and 
He rebukes the wind, the seas calm, everything's there, and there's peace. What do we do between when the storm stops and when it just begins or we're in the middle of the rage of the storm? We have to understand where sorrow can work for us in our quest for a greater intimacy with the Lord. Because the enemy intends to use it to, to mess us up. <laughs> One of the things about lament, it will help us thwart the plans of the enemy and how he uses sorrow to try to bring distance between us and God, to bring offense between us and God, to separate us from God, to get us to isolate ourselves. It gives us an opportunity to grow more intimate. Do you realize that when you're going through some of the, the worst storms of your life, you will understand and know God like you've never known him before? That there is an opportunity for you to see things about him that you've never seen? For you to know his person, to know his nature, and to know the manifold expressions of his goodness. To learn things about him that you may never know any other way. So everybody want to just join me in a prayer. Lord, please give us storms and sorrows and trials and injustices. And No, no, we're not wired that way. That's not the way it works. It, he's not a God who, who introduces those things to us so that he can grow us. He knows that in this reality, the evil one is alive and well and is doing all sorts of harm towards God's children. But the Lord will take everything that the enemy uses to separate us from him. He will use that to bring us into an even greater closeness with the Lord. So as we celebrate fathers, we celebrate God's image masculine <clears throat> in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a refocusing of racial injustice, in the midst of battling cancer, battling uh, bad debilitating illnesses and sicknesses, <laughs> possibly with the loss of jobs, loss of business. Uh, it could be that what you had before the pandemic started, you no longer have. And it's a whole different, unknown, uncertain reality that you're living in. Happy Father's Day. God bless you. The good news is that the fathers have power. They have power to bless and they have power to curse. It's in the blessing. It's in the words that come out of their mouths. It's in their mannerisms. It's how they, how they get their children close to them. It's all of those things. And the good news today is that all fathers fail. There's not one of us as fathers who haven't got some kind of blemish on our track record with our children, where we came up short, where we didn't come through, where we didn't understand what their need was, what the problem was, or we were too busy with, with our career <clears throat> to understand the importance of what our child need, needed at that time. And you don't even have to have children to celebrate Father's Day because we all father, we all parent, we all have someone younger that we're to help and to care for and to encourage. Jesus said, 
it's you as a, as a father. If your child is hungry, do you give it a stone or do you give it bread? Do you give them a fish or do you give them a snake? If we, as evil, know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more our Heavenly Father will give good gifts? I like the one translate, will give the Holy Spirit in Luke to those. Mm-hmm. I love it. So today we may need to lament, especially as we celebrate fathers, because you may have had a father who was absent. You may have had a father who you never knew. You may have had a father who was abusive. You may have had a father who was trying his best, but just didn't get you, didn't understand that you're wired more like your mom. Uh Uh-oh. Or like Aunt Louise or something like that. So I want to teach us about lament, learning to lament in, in this time. Lament is the space and the time between the sorrow and the healing. It's that time period between when we're in pain and when the pain is alleviated. Lament gives us language for godly sorrow and a reason to hope again. The practice of lament, the kind that is biblical, honest, and redemptive, is not really natural for us because every lament is a prayer. And if we can, if we can understand that, that uh, we, we already know that God is omniscient, he knows everything. We have Psalm 139 that he knows before we say it, he knows before we think it, he knows before we take the next step, he knows all about us, he's, he's completely knowing. But yet sometimes, I don't know how that works with you, but sometimes, you know, when I come, I come before him as uh, St. Richard, his chosen son, the good son who obeys at all times. (laughs) And he knows right through that. And it's like, no, when you are in pain and you cry out to God, that is the beginning of a lament. That's what it means to lament. Lament is a statement of faith. It's what we believe. If we're in pain and we think God gave it to us because he wants to punish us, then we won't go back to him with our pain. We will try to get away from the source of our pain, not to draw near to God. Lament is the honest cry of a hurting heart, wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. The enemy never wants us to see the goodness of God in the midst of our pain, in the midst of injustice, in the midst of the agony that we're experiencing. But God does. Do you realize that 30% of the Psalms are Psalms of lament? The Old Testament hymnal, one out of three songs is a lament. Hmm. So what is a lament? Lament is, uh, first of all, turning to God. It's addressing God as you come to him in prayer. Lord, I'm hurting. Lament is secondly, bringing our complaint, being honest about what the situation is, putting it out. Identify in blunt language the specific pain or injustice, why or how, is often part of the complaint. 
Lord, how could you let this happen now? You know I don't have the energy, the time. I don't have the, the resources to deal with this. Have you ever talked to God like that? Mm. You might try it sometime. I think he likes it a whole lot better than, Lord, I'm trusting you to come through. Mm-hmm. Third, lament is to ask boldly. Specifically call upon God to act in a manner that fits his character and resolves your complaint. Ask boldly. Tell him what you need. And the fourth aspect of lament is to choose to trust. After you've expressed your complaint and you've boldly put it before him, then affirm that God is worthy to be trusted, that we are now committing ourselves to praise him. Mm -hmm. So Psalm 86. Psalm 86 may not sound like a psalm of lament, but it is. And here's the parts of the lament that I want us to look at in Psalm 86 today. First of all, David turns to the Lord. He turns to God. He says, hear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. I'm in need, Lord. Hear my prayer, O Lord, in verse 6. Listen to my cry for mercy. What's he saying? He's saying, God, I need you to hear me. I'm hurting and in pain. I'm asking for you to listen to my lament. I desperately need your grace today. So it's a desperate cry. You'll find that when you're, when you're engaging God in lament, it's not just an emotionally neutral event. It's not going through your petitions of the day. It's the cry of desperation. Secondly, you bring your complaint. In verse 14, the psalmist says, The arrogant are attacking me, O God. A band of ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for you. This isn't necessarily coming from a conflict with a brother and sister in Christ. This is coming from those who are godless. The, this, the lament and the, the cry of the complaint, the source of what you're being attacked could be something completely of the world or even of the kingdom of darkness. And so a complaint might sound like this. You've heard every unfair word and you know how I've been misunderstood. I'm upset, I'm defensive. I wanna strike back with more words. I don't feel like they care. It doesn't end. I don't know what to do. Bring your complaint to the Lord. Thirdly, ask boldly. In verse two, the psalmist is asking, oh God, guard my life. Save your servant. He's fearful for his life. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Verse 3. Verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Hmm. I've, I've had that one on my door. Psalm 86, 11 is, has been a cry of my heart. Teach me your way, O Lord. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Verse 16, turn to me and have mercy on me. Grant your strength to your servant. 
Give me a sign of your goodness. I need a sign of your favor, that I have favor with you. What might that sound like? Teach me every lesson you want me to learn through this. If we're going to go through pain, let's make the pain fruitful. Let's not waste pain. Let's get the most out of it. We're not praying for it. We're not welcoming it. But we've got to learn how to use it so that we grow. Help me know what to say and what not to say. Make my heart love your purposes more than I love my reputation. Help me know that you're listening and that you care for me. Because <laughs> oftentimes at these times, that's the question. Do you care? Are you going to help? Are you listening? Do you hear me? I need help, God. It's the prayer that John Wimber taught us years and years ago. One that he says he's thoroughly familiar with. A one-word prayer. Help! Help, Lord. Help me, Lord. My heart is so divided. One minute I think good thoughts. The next, ugly thoughts. Anybody been there? Pour out your grace on me. Please, Lord. So that's the asking boldly. It's the transparency and the honesty about how your reality currently is. Even with the knowledge of his goodness and his greatness and all that he is. And so after you pour it out, then you move back to choosing to trust. Trust is always a choice. Faith gets implanted in our hearts supernaturally by the Lord. But from there, it's up to us to nurture and to grow, to care, to water, to see that it grows. Choose to trust. Oh, verse 8, among the gods, there's none like you, O Lord. Uh, verse 12, I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, for great is your love toward me. The last part of verse 17, O Lord, you have helped me and comforted me. Mm. I like those psalms that uh, oftentimes the beginning of the psalm, you don't get a, a time signature on the psalm. You get the complaint, you get the difficulty, you get how long, O oh Lord, how long will this go? Bah, 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 bah. And then you go down and all of a sudden something happens. And we've gotten through to the other side of the lament to where God has spoken, God's presence has come, the circumstances may not be completely transformed, but his presence has transformed something within you. And that's enough to give you the faith to believe that the rest is coming. So choosing the trust might sound like this. Lord, none of this surprises you. You've heard every word. You know what I'm feeling and you are greater than anything I face. Now, that's some interesting. If you've got to speak in tongues and have the gift of interpretation to get that one. <clears throat> you can supply what I need and give me the strength if others don't understand. I can trust you with what people say about me. He guards your reputation. You've helped me through many worse situations. 
That's so true. Oftentimes when, we, when we're in a circumstance, we think it's the worst ever. And then when we reflect and we remember his faithfulness and his goodness, this is a small hill compared to the mountain that we've experienced before. So I'm going to keep my eyes on you. I'm trusting you. I'm still going to worship you. Thank you. Thank you. Lament is the honest cry of a hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. And so that's the, the word that I want to bring before you today. As, as I've been speaking, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit has, has moved and, and has, has brought up a lament that is in your heart. And I trust that this, as a church, we will learn and grow and learn how to use lament to increase our intimacy with the Lord, to increase our faith and increase our knowledge of who he is and his nature and continue to grow from one degree of glory to another. So I just want you, as, as the worship team comes to, to play, I, I want you to just open your heart and be aware of the lament that, that is now rising to the surface. For some of you today, it could be a, a Father's Day situation. It could be something about a father. It could be a relational lament that you have in your heart. For others, it, it may be the racial injustice or other injustices, but the racial injustice has been heavy upon my heart. And I've been lamenting before the Lord and asking for him to, to move in me to move in us as a community of faith, but to move throughout our country. And it goes beyond just our country. It's a world issue. Lord, go throughout the entire earth and cause us to see everything that you've created with the eyes that you see it, its value, worth, and significance. So as the worship team sings, you just kind of run through these steps. Turn to God, bring your complaint, Ask boldly and then choose to trust. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.